Welcome to the Talk Angry Podcast, your destination for Shocker basketball. Join us every episode from the Forge Audio Production Studio as we dive into game recaps, analysis, and interviews throughout the 2018-2019 basketball season. And now, here are your hosts, Dustin Kuhn and Taylor Eldridge. Welcome to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. On this week's show, we'll get Taylor's thoughts on how the Shockers get back on track after some offensive woes in Oklahoma City. We'll also preview this week's upcoming opponents in the Jacksonville State Gamecocks and the Southern Miss Golden Eagles at Intrust Bank Arena. Great show coming up right after this. The Talk Angry Podcast is brought to you by Forge Audio Productions. For all your audio and music production needs, Forge Audio is ready to deliver the highest quality production that serves the artist. To receive a free consultation or quote from Brian, visit www.forgeaudioprod.com. That's www.forgeaudioprod.com. Or follow the studio on Facebook or Instagram. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. Taylor, on last week's show, we mentioned this game on Saturday against the Sooners was going to be really an opportunity to see where the Shockers were at in their progression thus far in the season. A little hard on the eyes. Uh, You can pick just about any stat you want. It's uh, one of the worst games under Coach Marshall, specifically from the offensive end. I really thought, you know, only being down at half, uh, only being down eight with the way they shot the basketball game in the first half, you know, still an opportunity to come out in the second half and, and make a game of it, but uh, really struggled even more in the second half and ends up being, uh, you know, really the, the worst loss point total perspective uh, under Coach Marshall. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, no question about it. You know, the offense was just, you know, just putrid. And, you know, rewatching that game, you know, there's just no ball movement, no player movement. You know, the the sets they were, I mean, you watch it and some of the players were like forgetting what sets they were running and just not in the places they need to be. And, you know, it just threw off all of, you know, the rhythm and the balance of, you know, uh, an offense that, that usually is able to get, you know, decent looks. And, uh, they were just taking uh, a ton of contested jump shots, a ton of, uh, you know, Coach Marshall pointed it out on Monday, a ton of NBA range threes because, you know, the, the court, you know, playing on the NBA court, the, the painted three-point line is the NBA range, and then they have the blue tape uh, for the college line. And, you know, it's kind of confusing if you've never played on a court like that before. And he said that he regretted not telling his guys, hey, don't don't pay attention to that NBA line. Make sure you find the blue tape and, and tow that one. And, you know, we saw a lot of really bad shots uh, that game about as as bad as it could get. I said that at halftime. I was like, wow, I mean, they're only down eight. That's about as bad as they could play on offense. I mean, they're still in this game. And then, you know, what do you know? They went, to, they sunk to a new level that second half. I, that was the first time, you know, I haven't watched this team extensively past last season, but that was the first time I've been told that, you know, a WSU team looked like it just quit. Uh, you know, well, you know, probably 10 minutes left in that game. It looked like they just did not want to be out there. Wichita State forced a season-high 18 turnovers, but only turned that into 12 points against the Sooners. You know, you brought it up already, but the offense just seemed stagnant and particularly did not really get the ball inside at all, taking a lot of contested three-pointers. I don't, I don't know how much you want to make about the, the NBA three-point line or not, but what does this team need to do moving forward? Let's not maybe focus so much on the negative. How, how do they get back to producing on the offensive end like we've seen them being able to do in 
in stretches this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, we saw a lot of a lot of it was like I said. I mean, they were just you know a lot of the you know all it took was just one player not knowing where he needed to be to just blow up the set. I mean, if he doesn't set a screen, a ball screen, or if he's not you know coming off the curl, you know that's all it took. And and you know they just were not very mentally prepared. It looked like and uh, just looked lost out there. And I think uh, you know no doubt you know a couple of days of practice, I have no doubt that they're going to respond better. Um, I think the the Baylor game you can kind of explain that one away just because you know they had such a big lead uh, they had such a big cushion you know you can kind of ex- uh, you know understand that uh, but you know that that OU one you might want to just burn that tape and uh, not watch it again but I mean I think that the the offensive execution will be better not just because they're returning home but just because you know uh, they don't want to be embarrassed like that again and you know you have to have some pride at some point and I think that's gonna be kind of a telltale sign uh, for these guys, you know, who steps up, who responds uh, well on Wednesday, and who doesn't want to lose like that again. I think that's going to be pretty telling to see, you know, going forward who's going to play a lot of minutes for Marshall. I think he's going to be watching that that competitive spirit. And um, as far as the offense goes, they just need to get back to what they were doing, you know, better ball movement, uh, you know, moving without the ball. This team doesn't really have, you know, uh, Marshall said this on his coach's show on Monday. He doesn't really have a floor general right now that knows exactly what the the team needs to be doing. So you know, no, you know, Samaje and and Torres. That's kind of up to those two guys. So they need to figure that out and you know get guys in their place out there. And right now that's not happening. But uh, you know, better ball movement, better moving without the ball. Uh, if the sets don't get an open shot, then it's up to those two guys or McDuffie to create late in the shot clock and you know break down defenses and either kick out or or attack the the basket and get a, a good look. So uh, right now, none of that happened uh, against OU, but that is stuff that WSU has done before this season. So there is you know some positives to to build on moving forward. Uh, you just probably saw them at their worst on Saturday. Marcus McDuffie led all scores with 19 points. He now has over 1,000 for his career. I want to go back to the point you brought up on the point guard. Samaje goes 0 for 9 from the field. The most concerning stat to me is he has zero assists in this game against Oklahoma. Ricky Torres with three assists and uh, only two points. So what does maybe Samaje in particular, but from the point guard position overall, what do they need to do to create better for the other players on the court, not maybe just search out their shot? Yeah, I mean, it begins with, uh, you know, breaking down defenses and not just driving and looking for your own shot. I mean, you have to be, as a point guard, I mean, you have to drive and think about, you know, you have to, you know, be aware of your surroundings and be aware of, of you know, you just have to pick your points of, you know, when you want to take that shot and realizing when you can break down the defense and draw that second defender and, you know, kick out for someone else. And right now, I mean, you've seen it. It's like, you know, Ricky, he, his outside shot is just not falling. I think 0 for 16 on threes now. So, you know, he's not really a threat until he makes that first one. And then Samaja, you know, he's taking a lot of off-the-dribble shots, probably a little bit too many off-the-dribble jumpers that are really tough uh, contested shots. Um, you know, he's quicker than anyone on the court. I mean, he can beat just about anybody off the dribble. So, you know, just harnessing that quickness. And, you know, we've seen it 
in flashes this this season where he's you know taking his guy off the dribble and he's attacking their rim and he acts like he's going to go up and then dumps it off to you know Mo Udeze or, or Ichinike uh, for the dunk and I think more of that needs to happen for when he attacks and looks for others instead of just looking for himself I think that's where it all begins uh, for those point guards if they can you know, Ricky's got to make a shot at some point uh, from the three-point line, and then Samaja needs to start, you know, looking to create for others, too. It was Wichita State's first 30-point loss since 2003. It was their worst field goal percentage in over 20 years and the worst rebounding margin under Coach Marshall. Here's the good news. The script changes this week. Get an opportunity to go out there and put some better things on tape. That will start with Wednesday's game against the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. They'll have three consecutive quote-unquote home games, and then we'll finish the non-conference slate at VCU. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get you ready for Wednesday's matchup with the Gamecocks and also Saturday's downtown matchup with Southern Miss. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Coon and Eldridge. On Wednesday, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks will come to town. They are 5-3 on the year, led by head coach Ray Harper. He's in his third season, and they were picked to finish third in the Ohio Valley Conference. Their Ken Palm ranking is 152. The Shockers' current Ken Palm ranking is 108, so not so drastically far off there. So while the name might not be as popular with Shocker fans, this is probably a pretty good team, a very experienced team coming in to Cocorina on Wednesday. Absolutely. This is a team of seniors, fifth year, you know, grad transfers. You know, they, they have a Clemson transfer. Uh, I forgot they have another Power 5 transfer as well. So this this team has some serious talent. Uh, one of the most experienced teams in the country. Uh, number four, according to Ken Palm's experience. So this is a polar opposite when, as far as when it comes to experience. And, you know, Marshall said it on Monday. He's like, we're, we have to play well or we're going to lose this game. And, you know, Jacksonville State's no joke. You know, they started out, they kind of got punched in the mouth there to start the season. Uh, but they've rebounded. Uh, you know, haven't played the best competition, but still, you know, you put together a five-game winning streak. This team's going to be coming in here with confidence. Uh, you know, Wichita State's, you know, that's 60 straight bad minutes of basketball pretty much. That's an hour straight. So they are they need to, you know, Jacksonville State might be smelling some blood here. So this is going to be a, a tough matchup and one that Wichita State can't just, you know, bring a C game and, and pull out the win. This is the first ever meeting between Wichita State and Jacksonville State, although the school should be popular with Shocker fans as Mark Turgeon came from Jacksonville State when he was hired to coach the Shockers. Here's an interesting stat for you, especially after we talked about needing someone to step up at the point guard position. Jacksonville State averages 9.3 steals per 100 possessions, which ranks 11th in the country. So, um, you know, what we saw a lot of bad on Saturday in this game, particularly with a team that, you know, steals the basketball at a pretty high frequency, what do you want to see from the guards? Yeah, I mean, they have to take care of the ball. I mean, that's, uh, like you said, I mean, Jacksonville State, they get after it. You know, Coach Harper, he has won national championships at the the D2, at the NAIA level. So, this, you know, I mean, he knows how to coach basketball. He knows how to get his teams to play hard. And like you said, I mean, they, they force a ton of turnovers. They, they steal the ball. They, they get a ton of blocks. You know they're they're not very big. You know they're they're five man's going to be six seven, so you know Ichinike in the post, Udeze in the post. I mean those guys are going to have a size advantage, 
But, you know, they're, this is a team that likes to play at a frenetic play, pace and, and really get after you on the defensive end. So you're going to need to take care of the ball. You can't have sloppy turnovers. Uh, some of these, uh, you know, we I, I think the Alabama game, I can remember, you know, against that press, there's lazy passes over the top and uh, getting picked off. And uh, you can't have those against Jacksonville State. You know, you, you have to – uh, you can't give these guys, you know, free possessions, and, and especially this Wichita State team, you know, they've really struggled to defend in transition, and that's where they've been hurt probably the most. And so if they can limit those live ball turnovers, uh, that's a key in every game for with the Shockers, but especially this one where, you know, Jacksonville State's so good at forcing them and getting out in transition and, you know, creating offense from defense. The game will be broadcast on Your View 22. The Gamecocks are led in scoring by six foot seven forward Jason Burnell. He's averaging 14.6 points per game. This is also a game I'd like to see Marcus McDuffie maybe drive to the basket and get down low and take advantage of the size advantage that the Shockers should have. Um, you know, we saw particularly not just McDuffie, but a lot of players missed some bunnies up close against the Sooners, and certainly that game could have been a lot closer. This is a team that made the 2017 NCAA. CAA tournament. They finished in the CBI semifinals last season. So, uh, like I said, the name might not be there, but overall should be a, a pretty good matchup for the Shockers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you get an experienced mid-major team like this that, that has, you know, seniors and, and you know, can play defense like this, this is going to be, you know, a very tough opponent for the Shockers. You know, they Jacksonville State, you know, they, they haven't played great this season. You know, the three best teams they play, they've all lost. And, you know, getting beat by 20 uh, against Sanford, I mean, that's a little, I mean, that may, makes you raise your eyebrows a little. So, you know, this is a team that hasn't, you know, had that statement win yet, and they're definitely going to be looking for it on Wednesday against uh, Wichita State. So, you know, the Shockers are going to have to play well, like I said. I mean, they kind of a little reminiscent of a Louisiana Tech, and, you know, we saw what happened in that season opener. So Wichita State is going to have to play much, much better uh, than those two games, La Tech and and uh, obviously the OU game to, to get this uh, win. You bring, you bring up Louisiana Tech on Saturday. The Shockers will be playing one of their Conference USA opponents in the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. The game starts at 4.30 p.m. and will be broadcast on CBS Sports Network. The Golden Eagles come in at 6-2 and two on the season, and their head coach is Doc Sadler, which many folks will remember was the uh, head coach at Nebraska not too long ago. They were picked to finish 7th in Conference USA this season. You'll remember the Shockers uh, you know, lost the Louisiana Tech lost to Marshall in the NCAA tournament, but beat Rice not too long ago. So been playing a lot of Conference USA teams lately. Yeah, they got to end uh, end the, the streak. I guess they, they did against Rice, but you know they've they've had their their fair share of troubles against the Conference USA teams. So you know Southern Miss is kind of a it's a weird team. You know they they come in. Uh, they beat SMU, which is, you know, not, I mean, they, they didn't have Jerry Foster, so they're not as good as they, they were, but, or they are with him, but, you know, they, they beat them by 10 on the road, and then the, you look at their losses, you know, they, they lose to North, uh, North Florida, uh, neutral court, 16 points, and then they lose to a D2 team, William Carey, by six at home, so it's like, what, I don't really know what to make of this team. And then you look at the last two games they've they played. You know this is it's a team that's battle tested by Rust and Millsaps, a pair of uh, Division Two teams, Rust and Millsaps. So so they played Drew Carey, <laughs> and they played Rust. That's quite the uh, non-con there. Then they played Paul Millsaps uh, AAU team, I think. 
so it's kind of a weird team coming in. I don't really know what to make of them. I don't know how good or bad they are. Um, you know, nothing that really pops off the page. You know, they, they uh, don't foul. Uh, they don't turn the ball over. That's about it. That's uh, that's my scouting report of that team. You know, they really haven't played anybody comparable to Wichita State this season except SMU. And like I said, they beat them by 10 on the road. So, I mean, this is, you know, Wichita State can't take anyone lightly this season. You know, we, we've seen what can happen with this team. I mean, they can uh, lose to just about anybody. So, uh, the Shockers are, you know, they're going to have to give their full attention. And obviously, this is the interest bank game, too. You know, they haven't played well in that building the last two years. Granted, you know, not a lot. And I don't think any of these guys have played in, the, in those games yet. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to have to end that, that curse, too, at interest bank on Saturday. Six and two, but as you mentioned, zero and two these last two years at Intrust Bank Arena. Southern Miss is led in scoring by five ten redshirt senior guard Tyree Griffin. He averages fourteen point three points per game. Also, six two senior guard Cortez Edwards averages fourteen points per game. They shoot at forty seven percent from the field, but some of those numbers might be a little inflated because, of course, they beat Rust by sixty. Let's make some predictions. Let's start with Jacksonville State. Give me a score. I'm I'm a little nervous about this one. I just have an uneasy feeling. Uh, I, I I think whenever you get a, a veteran team like that, I mean that's going to give Wichita State some problems. Um, but I think you know motivated by that that slacking they took over the weekend, I think WSU rebounds. But this one's going to be close. I think it comes down to the wire. I'm going to go with WSU 74 to 70. Three straight home games with the Interest Bank Arena sandwiched in there. I think they're all must wins if the team kind of wants to stay on pace and 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 you know certainly have a chance at an NCAA tournament appearance again. Uh, Wichita State, I believe, will win this. We'll say 74-68. Now we go to the downtown arena game. Southern Miss was there in 2012. They return. Do the Shockers turn it around downtown? I think they do. I think uh, you know. Nothing like I said. Nothing really pops off the page against Southern Miss. You know they're solid, but I think this is a game that Wichita State can handle. And I think you know if they bounce back on Wednesday, they're going to have a little bit of momentum. So I'll go with the Shockers. I'll go seventy-eight to sixty-five. It's a good thing those NBA three-point lines aren't going to be at Interest Bank Arena. I think the Shockers get back on track on the offensive end. I'm going to say they score eighty points. Southern Miss will give you 71, a higher scoring game. That's what I'll go with. And now it's time for Buy or Sell. But before we get there, I want to know, what do you think about Ricky Torres hitting a three-pointer in these next two games? Before we talk again, is there a three-pointer? Oh, it's got to it's, it's gotta be this game, right? You know, this is I say this every game. I mean, his shot looks good. You know, he takes, for the most part, he didn't take very good shots against OU, but for the before that, he's taking good shots. It's just, it's a mystery to me. I don't know why they're not falling. Um, you know, it's, I think it's going to happen this week, but I said that last week too, and he's made me, you know, he's made me look bad the last two weeks, but I, I still believe in you, Ricky. I think that's, uh, keep shooting away. One of them has to fall eventually. I've sold it these last couple weeks, and here's the good news. I'm buying it. I think oh, wow. the streak He's got, he's got two games. He's got, yeah, <laughs> he's there's got two, two games. games. Double the opportunity. <laughs> got a good opportunity here. I'll buy that as well. All right, so buy or sell time. You know, in the last...
of defense or of uh, road teams. They have an incredible record on the road. Uh, this team, we saw them their first technically true road game. I know is at in Oklahoma City, but it was still technically a road game. Really struggled. Really looked uh, uncomfortable for long stretches of that of that second half. So is this is that going to be the bugaboo for this team? Is that going to be the I'm going to sell that. I don't want to make excuses for them, but I think the 11 a.m. start also might have contributed just a little bit to their poor performance. Maybe weren't ready in an NBA arena. I'm sure a lot of them, you know, like Russ Westbrook and and follow the team. And so I, I do think they'll find that mentality of taking care of business on the road. Uh, in although we're probably going to see a volatile season where they lose more at home than they have ever before. So, yes, there, there will be road losses, but I, I don't think that'll be, you know, what breaks their back this year? I'm gonna buy that. I think uh, I I do think they're they're gonna you know play play better at home and um, we've already seen with Eric Stevenson you know his shooting splits so far this year. So I think the Shockers are gonna be pretty tough to beat at home. But you know that first true road test, the one that I consider a true road test at VCU, that one's that's gonna be pretty nerve wracking. You know that's a tough environment. VCU's playing very very well. Um, the good news is that some of the American, you know, the, the AAC schedule, you know, you go to South Florida, you go to East Carolina, you go to Tulane. I mean, those three should be winnable. Um, but I don't know if I see another win on the schedule on the road for this team. So I'm going to go ahead and buy that. You don't like that Tulsa? Tulsa's playing. They just beat Oklahoma State and K-State. So, you know, they're playing really well right now. I moved them up above WSU in my, my power rankings um, this week. So, um, definitely a winnable game, um, but you know, right now I think Tulsa is the better basketball team. All right, so one of the things you brought up earlier this week, Taylor, was the small number of passes that took place in that Oklahoma game. So is this? Are we seeing a lack of trust in the offense to be able to create high looks or high quality looks that they're just really getting themselves into situations where they take a bunch of contested jump shots? They just don't let the offense work for them yeah i'm gonna buy that i think uh i talked to marcus mcduffie earlier this week and uh he said that basically what you just said i mean all these new guys they're not trusting the offense they're not trusting that you know if you run the sets you run the actions that we're gonna get you know open shots and some of them are kind of breaking away doing their own thing um you know maybe not remembering everything and um, you know, this is an offense that has a bread and butter. I mean, if you just keep running it, you're eventually going to find the bread and butter. And right now they're, you know, they're, they're starving. There's no bread, there's no butter. And I think that they can get back to it. But, you know, uh, like Marcus said, I mean, the new guys are going to have to trust it. I'm going to buy that as well, although I will say Oklahoma, I thought, scouted the Shockers very well, and they also switch a lot on defense. and yeah, so switch everything, yeah. So I, I thought maybe that was just the first time that I, they saw that this year. Um, I don't want to react so much to one bad game. It was very ugly, but on this show last week we were talking about if they beat Oklahoma, you know, that's an NCAA tournament resume-type win. And so just because they lost, I don't want to, you know, just flip over and say, you know, woe is us. So I, I think that continues to get better. I do think that is a, a unique game, like like Dustin said, that, you know, no, I don't even know if another team is going to be able to switch one through five like OU did and, you know, really disrupted their offense. So, um, you know, most teams or some teams will switch one through four, but to see them switch every single screen, 
Uh, like Dustin said, I think that really threw off the rhythm of the offense, and I don't know if we're, we're going to see another team like that uh, the rest of the schedule. Taking a new direction, you know, is a really difficult situation. I imagine the players coming out of that are just, they're competitors, right? They really want to compete and be successful. So to have a game where, where like you said uh, earlier, it looked like they just didn't want to be there anymore. Is this the type of game that serves as a catalyst that they are going to be more disciplined to focus on getting the little things right, to knowing where they got to be, to following the sets? Is this a type of uh, event that can actually spur them to perform better than they would have otherwise if they had had a better game against Oklahoma? I'm going to buy that. You know, I think a lot of people forget the team that went to the Final Four was humbled a lot of times throughout the year, lost at Southern Illinois. That's sticking in my mind. And things have been so good around here for so long that, you know, maybe it, it's hard to forget that these things happen, these types of games happen. You know, it hadn't happened to them since 2003. But I do think they were embarrassed. Marcus McDuffie and Taylor Story had talked about how they had a good day of practice on Monday. And you also have to remember all these guys had a lot of success in high school or in junior college or else they wouldn't have been recruited to Wichita State. So they're used to winning basketball games. They're used to being one of the better players on their team. So, of course, they're not going to want to go out there and get punked on, whether it was ESPNU or whatever. You just don't want to get punked like that. So I think, you know, they turn it around. My hope is that go on a little run here over these next four games to close out the non-con, and I think we're still talking about a good opportunity come conference time. Yeah, I'll buy that, and I'll, I'll take it back even further. Marshall uh, mentioned this on his coach's show on Monday that this situation kind of reminded him of his second year here in 2008-2009. Uh, WSU starts out the Missouri Valley Conference 0-5. Uh, they're getting ready for a, a road test against a Missouri State team that was 0-5 as well. And uh, Wichita State just got punked that night. They fell to 0-6. And, you know, Marshall said that he, he really, you know, had to, to take a look in the mirror. And uh, he challenged his team and to respond. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of heart-to-heart -heart talks after that on their way home. And uh, you, you look at what they did coming out the next game uh, three days later at home. It's a blackout against Creighton. I think it was like a snowstorm. Uh, he's referenced this game a lot. Uh, you know, just he, he talks about it like this was a launching point at Wichita State basketball. They, I was in the building. Yeah, yeah. And they, oh, beat, so <laughs> they beat a really good Creighton team and by 13. And, you know, that was a team that really struggled. You know, they, they, they were 6-11 and 11 before that. Then they, they reel off and, you know, they, they finished the season. Uh, let's see, 17 and 17. So, you know, they won more than they lost after that. You know, maybe that's that's what happens with this team. You know, maybe it took, you know, getting punked once. And, you know, I'm sure Marshall really challenged them. He, he, he made it sound like Monday's practice was very intense, uh, both, you know, mentally and physically. So uh, we'll just have to see how this team responds. But I think it certainly can be something, uh, a jumping jumping off point, I guess, for a team like this. And finally, we talked a little bit ago about how Marshall said he's looking for that floor general. So a little bit of a twist here. Who do you want to be the point guard of this team? I'm going to go for the course, for the, the meat of the game. Uh, it probably needs to be Ricky Torres, you know, with his passing ability. But late in games, uh, in crunch time, uh, when WSU needs a, needs a basket, it, I think you, you need to put the ball in Samaje's hands. I know a lot of fans, he takes a lot of criticism online, and some of it's justified, you know, 
I, you know, I'm a big analytics guy. I, you know, I despise off the dribble shots as much as the next person, especially ones that are contested. But, you know, when it comes down to it, no one can create like Samaje. He can break people down. And when he's able to, to do it, when he's able to, you know, play within himself and look to create for others, you know, no one else on this roster can do it like him. So I think Ricky starts the game, uh, gets him in the flow, and then the last, you know, eight minutes, uh, it's Samaje time. Well, the offense has certainly been Jekyll and Hyde uh, based on the performance of Samanje. You look at the first half against Baylor, and that looked you know, quite possibly the best that we've seen uh, any Shocker team within these last few years. And then when Samanje goes 0 for 9 against the Sooners, obviously it uh, doesn't look like uh, we can hit anything. And so um, I would probably agree with what Taylor had to say, though. I think for the offense to perform at its uh, you know optimum level this year, Ricky Torres probably needs to be that floor general as far as you know, having the assist numbers and creating shots and opportunities for other players, uh, whereas Samaje is more of a go out and get it on his own type guy. I love Jamarius Burton as a change-up option as well. I mean, coming off the bench and being able to relieve those two, um, you know, uh, not making, you know, Samaje play all of his minutes at point guard so he can slide over and play the more natural shooting guard role for him. Um, so I think Burton is a really good change-up option as well. And my biggest concern, maybe not even at the point guard position, they need someone when, because basketball is a game of streaks, and they needed someone in that second half against Oklahoma to just say, okay, I'm going to go get a bucket. And, you know, Marcus McDuffie right now is leading the AAC in scoring, but I'm still not sure he's been as consistent on the offensive end as they need uh, him to be or as they need that stopper to be. You know, back in the day, it was Fred, or we can, you know, go back to any generation and pick out that one player where it said okay game's on the line or you know things aren't going well and things are volatile we need someone to go out there and step up and I'm I think they kind of look around at each other right now and and there's not that one alpha dog if if you had to pick somebody or like right now not not cons- the way everything is going right now and you had to pick somebody on the roster who has to go make a play where you have to trust that they're going to make a good decision whether or not they take the shot but who do you want to see try and make a play that's tough. I mean, I think uh, they're going to put the ball in Marcus's hands. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, I like, you know, Eric Stevenson is kind of, that's Dustin. I should have went first. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Stevenson. I deferred to the expert over here. Yeah, I mean, I like, you know, he he makes a lot of big-time shots. I'll say that. You know, he takes some some tough shots, but he's one of the only ones on this team that can make them. I, I like Marcus, so. Um, you know, his elevation, obviously he's he's taller. He can get a shot off about over just about anyone. Um, but, you know, Eric, you know, he's got some stones for a freshman, and he's, you know, he's he's going to be a big-time player. There's no, no doubt about it. Uh, but right now, this season, I, I'd put the ball in Marcus's hands. Yeah, it's Marcus's team, and so he's going to get that, you know, the respect of taking the shot. I also agree that I think Eric is that person. Although, you know, I want to see that one game from Dexter Dennis. We keep hearing about the the type of talent that he has. He goes 0 for 6 against the Shockers. And then also Sooners. from— or excuse me, against the Sooners. Those I, sh- I should just say OU, my, my bet on that. But the other thing is we're getting really nothing uh, you know consistent from the big men right now. Mo yeah. Udeze looked like he was coming on pretty strong, and then he's kind of disappeared these last few games. Yeah. He, you know, he had that couple games where he scored 12 or in double digits, looked yeah. like he could yeah, contribute yeah, more. Yeah, foul so. trouble. And yeah, I mean, just looked out of it. Um, he was one of the ones that, you know, when you rewatch the film, I mean, looked like he made a couple of errors on just not knowing where to be and, uh, you know, 
his defense, I mean, when you're trying to guard somebody that can go all the way out to the perimeter, they kind of stretched him out and uh, kind of took advantage of him. So, yeah, he, he's got to step it up. You know, Ichinike didn't play very well. You know, poor Bert Chandler, after a, a good showing against Baylor, he didn't really follow it up either. So, you know, WSU got close to, close to nothing. You know, that was probably the worst collective performance from the, the big men all season, and uh, Marshall referenced that. Um, you know, uh, and Monday he said that he really wanted to take advantage of OU's bigs when uh, Jim, Jim Money uh, McNeese was out, and they just weren't able to do that. And that's something that needs to change. You know, they're going to have a huge height advantage, size advantage against Jacksonville State. So this is a great opportunity. Uh, they said they wanted to pound the ball inside, uh, you know, a la the, the Rice game where they, they come out and uh, do post-ups for the first four possessions, and they almost never do post-ups. So uh, we might see more of that on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a big opportunity, and they, they definitely need to, you know, exert their, their will and, uh, you know, take a, you know, a swing a game instead of, you know, just being out there and, uh, you know, maybe being a liability in some situations. They, they need to turn that into an advantage for WSU. I believe tickets are still available for Jacksonville State. I know tickets are still available for the game Saturday at Intrust Bank Arena. That's always been a great crowd. You know, some people like the uh, close nature of, of Coke and, you know, the crowd being right on top of you. But I enjoy going downtown, usually having a couple pops and, and going over to the game. It's usually a, a pretty good experience there. Is uh, that what downtown. you call it? A couple soda pops. Yeah, a couple soda pops. And, get you uh, all excited for you know, the game. Get all ready. I always say this at every show. You know, they shocker fans got to have their libations before the game's a 4:30 tip on a Saturday. You can go Christmas shopping and then go downtown and uh, you know support Wichita and get rowdy. Get rowdy. Get rowdy. All right, we'll be back next week. We will preview the final two non-conference games of the year: a home game against Oral Roberts and then a road test against VCU. And uh, we'll also recap these two games here: Jacksonville State and Southern Miss. Be sure to tell your friends about the pod. Enjoy the holiday season. And five stars only. <laughs> <laughs>